You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday with Wayne McCurry, who's a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment. Markets drifting, drifting sideways, yeah. sideways to lower, Wayne, aren't they? And there's nothing to get your teeth into. I've been saying that to a couple of people that you know who are regular commentators yeah. with me, but there's nothing really to say, right, that is what I must do. Have you got any must-dos on no, your list? You. Mm. Man, other than possibly buying platinum shares, there's not a whole lot else. I mean, we had a long discussion today about this, yeah. and we still see enormous value in process and NASPERS that hopefully will be unlocked at some stage. Yes. And, you know, the platinum shares were up 10 15% last week. I still don't think it's too late to go and buy some of these, but, but that's about the sum total. Our fixed interest uh, department, our fixed interest person, very bullish about SA government bonds. He was also quite bullish on the RAND. He thought the RAND might strengthen. I'm not convinced about that, but I don't see ma- I don't see major weakness. You know, maybe you know, literally maybe another five or ten percent weakness from the RAND this year. But of course, the big undecided, and we've been talking about this now forever, is inflation. And with the oil price above eighty. The inflation outlook, I'm talking globally now, doesn't look positive, eh? You know, yeah. and gas prices and all, and all, well, call it energy. You know, the other commodities, they're doing exactly as I anticipated. They're falling. That's all good. But oil's staying high, and that raises the possibility of the U.S. increasing interest rates sooner than anticipated. And, of course, that's not good for shares. No, it's definitely not good for shares. Whether it will happen, uh, I don't know. But uh, apparently the United Kingdom is going to do so. And um, already New Zealand has, has done so. Someone's hooting at you. And I uh, hope you give them short shrift. Uh, but yes, uh, it, it's, it's one, of those, one of those periods. But unfortunately, in the past, when there's been these periods of calm, the markets have drifted higher. At the moment, they're drifting lower. It's almost as though people... Lower. Yeah, they're just sort of yeah. taking money off the table, these as, asset managers. I mean, like yourself, yeah. but also worldwide. Yeah. Yeah, look, let's just talk globally now. The big drivers of the bull market were low interest rates, low bond rates, excessive government expenditure, free checks, free money, the whole lot. Mm. Now, the outlook for the next two years, company earnings should be okay. You know, the economy should grow reasonably well, not nearly as much as this year. But interest rates are going up, bond rates are going up, quantitative easing is being scaled back taperings coming into account and the government's not giving out free checks anymore. So a lot of the reasons for pushing the market up are reversing over the next two or three years. So I I actually anticipate a relatively poor equity market over the next two to three years, to be honest. I mean, not minus 40, but not plus 15 every year. Well, this is very interesting because, unfortunately, and unwittingly and unknowingly, you've become a little bit of a, a hero with my followers on various social media <laughs> platforms because you picked the top of the commodities market. You did. Uh, but that's just luck, that. doesn't matter whether it's luck or not. The fact is that you did pick it, and you said it, and everyone said, well, you're talking, you're talking nonsense. And you said you'd taken some money off the table on behalf of your clients at FNB Wealth and Investment. And then you said, I don't know how long, long ago it was, three or four weeks, you intimated that you'd started to rebuild your position 
And I said, well, yes. in, in, which, in, in which particular commodity? Was it a, a diversified miner or was it a single, a single commodity mining house? And you said specifically PDMs. And then immediately they yeah. started going up. They bottomed and went up. So you've, you, you, quite you, you've become yeah. a guru. You've become a lightning rod. Yeah, that, that worries me because in investments, you know, you only get so many things right. And if you, if you are fortunate enough, luckily enough, to get two or three or four things right in a row, mm. more than likely your next calls are going to be wrong. The worst thing you can do in investments is actually think that you're an expert at your job because it will catch you out virtually every single time. So now that makes me a bit cautious that I happen to get a few things right. The next couple of calls are probably going to be wrong. Okay, but, but yeah, the, the other thing that, is, and it, investments. Let, let's talk about uh, the philosophy of investments. Don't fall in love with your position is one thing that I've always no. learned. And the other thing is, you don't need to make a call all the time. You can maybe sit back and say, no. okay, I don't need to no. do anything today or this month, I think, or even next, I'll, I'll, I'll do something honestly, next year. Hmm. Honestly, other than fiddling between a couple of shares every now and again, You've literally got to make two, three big calls every two or three years. Eh? That's it. One yes. a year. Yeah. That, that's it. And you're, you're the, that, the, the company that you work for, don't worry about that because they, you've got a very good track, no, look, I mean, track we, record, of course. We, yeah, we, we, you must remember, we don't manage aggressive portfolios. We're managing you know, pension fund money. So, mm. I mean, it, 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 sounds, it sounds a little bit sort of wimpy. But our portfolios are properly diversified so that if ever there's a catastrophe somewhere, our clients are never destroyed. But we run very diversified portfolios because you're talking about what you learn in, in investments. I've learned a couple of things, but the biggest lesson I've ever learned, and it ties back to no one's an expert, you've got to have a diversified portfolio. It's not sexy. You know, when, when other people get these massive returns because they bought a certain sector and that sector ran like crazy they leave you in the dust but i've seen plenty of sectors that run like crazy and everyone jumps onto it the next minute they disappear yes and everyone loses their money but yeah i was fortunate enough to get the commodity cycle right but yeah well you got it right twice so you I, got I, out I of it I and you got that, back think, into it so that's yeah well done. I, th I think the worst other than oil i think oil's going to be closer to 65 at the end of the year not 90. Hmm. But this oil thing and inflation is a big worry. Eh? I mean, it's a serious worry. It's a serious worry. But as you've just said, if the oil price goes from its current level of around about 82 and a half for Brent crude down to 65 or 55, then, uh, then of course, then the whole froth has gone off the uh, top yes. of the oil because glass. What, yeah, because what, uh, why I think it will happen is that, you know, in 10 years, 15 years' time, the demand for oil will be down by 40%. Yeah simply because of anti-fossil fuels and global warming, because nothing's going to stop that, and it's only going to gain momentum. Mm. There's no shortage of oil. Eh? There might be a shortage of gas. There might be a shortage of other commodities. There's no shortage of oil. It's an artificial shortage. And I don't think the OPEC Plus want to high price because it'll just accelerate. You know, it'll literally, I actually think they're going to up production and try and get that price down. 
I think they need to. I think they need to cash in on yes. their on, on on their efforts. I mean, OPEC plus, meaning OPEC plus Russia. Uh, they, they, yeah. uh, uh, Mr. Putin's just been sitting there in his in in his uh, gilded office and saying, "Okay, I'm going to phone up Europe now and say I can increase the supply of natural gas to you, so there's no more problems, and so I can increase my foreign reserves, and I'll do the same with the oil." I do think yeah. that Russia is a very big player in the energy market at the moment, a pivotal yes, player. Yes. Yeah, well, it's Saudi Arabia and Russia they are the only two. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's, a, it's a, I mean, you must remember, they only started working together a couple of years ago. Eh? Russia always did their own thing. They weren't OPEC Plus. No. They were Russia. Yeah, exactly. So um, you, you've got, I, to, you've I got to watch that, that price. Yeah. I, I think they're going, to, they're going to increase production to try and get that price down. But if we end the end of this year at 90 or 100, I think there's going to be a lot of equity market weakness because then inflation's not coming down. Uh, well, as we speak, uh, natural gas is down 2.2%, Brent crude oil is down 0.7%, yeah. and West Texas is down yeah. three quarters of a percent. I think yeah. we may Look, have I, peaked, I, I don't Wayne. know the gas market. Mm. Yeah, I, I think so as well. But I don't know the gas market. I don't know the demand and supply dynamics of the gas market. I, I really don't know it. Well, I can tell you what, that gas is incredibly important in, in the United Kingdom because there have been oh, yes. so far, I think, 11 smaller companies that supply gas that have gone bust over the last few weeks because obviously yeah. they were working on margins and they weren't getting supplies and, and so they've gone. So it's incredibly important. Yeah. But what, what else I find interesting mm. is that, I mean, we can see the adverts around Johannesburg even, and this is Johannesburg, where mm. banks don't want to finance carbon project oh, excuse me oh, really excuse me i want to finance carbon part because it's, you know, it's 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 not right but we still need oil and gas and all of the all of the fossil stuff before electricity and solar take over you know there's going to have to be some investment here uh, you know otherwise we will sit with a massive energy shortage and believe me everyone's green until you can't heat your house in winter because there's no oil. Yeah. And in fact, the China has, has already hinted that it's uh, commissioning some new coal mines yeah. or coal-fired, yeah. excuse me, coal-fired uh, power stations. And when the Chinese uh, say, right, I want a, a coal-fired power station, that thing's up in, in, in six months. Yeah. Because it's, it's interesting just talking about China and power. You know, China builds the equivalent of an Eskom and a half, I'm talking generating capacity, not efficiency, and I'm talking full generation capacity, not available capacity, Yes, every year. Yeah, it really does. It's frighteningly um, efficient. It's yes. Yeah, and, and it is. Wayne, we normally talk about food, and I have to tell you something. Someone was talking to me that I didn't know the other day and um, uh, asked me what food I eat. And I, I sat down and thought about it, and I said, actually, I'm a vegan pescatarian. As you know, I don't eat meat. Yeah. Uh, I don't eat dairy products anymore. In fact, the milk in my tea in the morning is oat milk, and that's why the oat price, I think, is at, at record high on commodity exchanges yeah. world, worldwide. Um, so there's no dairy. There's no meat. I eat gluten-free products, but I eat some fish again. And I suddenly thought, goodness me, I'm a vegan that eats fish. This is ridiculous. Yeah. And, and last night I had something from the vegan section of my local supermarket reconstituted sort of a plant-based chicken and i uh, stir fried it with some 
with some sesame oil and sesame seeds and the, the vegetables. And it was all very delicious, soy sauce and so forth. It was absolutely yeah. delicious. But then the problem I had, Wayne, is I looked at the packet that I was about to throw away. And you I saw don't, the price. Oh, no, it's not the price. So much. Uh, okay. It's the number of ingredients in this thing. There must have been at least 17 ingredients. And I don't normally eat things that have more than three or four in ingredients. Yeah. So when you're buying this stuff, where do these ingredients come from? I mean, is it good for you? Is it bad for you? Is it good for the environment? Yeah, bad no, for the environment? It is. It's, it's a very difficult uh, uh, balancing yeah. act. I've got. I've got to All manage here. Mm. This whole. This whole. Let's call it anti-meat, whether it's vegan or not, because I don't quite understand the, the definition. Because I came across someone who. There's different, there's different kinds of vegan. So I don't quite understand the technicalities of it, but it's a little bit like global warming. This anti-meat thing is a proper movement, okay. and it's only gaining, and it's only going to get bigger and bigger over the years to come for many, many, many reasons. But the, let's call it the bang for your buck of plant-based protein versus meat-based proteins not there yet. No, not yet. You're quite right. You know, so it's a little bit expensive to become a truly mass movement, but it's like it's like solar power. You'll get there eventually. Eh? But I tell you what, I Wayne, mean, you will genuinely because it's just it's just it's just a sheer you know production scale of production. You'll you'll get there. You'll get there eventually. So you know maybe in twenty years' time, not only will we use fifty percent less oil, we might consume fifty percent less meat. I think, well. I think I think mankind will. I mean, it's certainly in these yeah. so-called developed but world. Let, yeah. Let me tell you my food story. I went to a lovely restaurant oh, yeah. at the entrance to Lanseria Airport. Not, uh, not the airport itself, sort of at the road leading off Malibongwe. And it's, it's an industrial park. I mean, it's a proper industrial warehouse. There's a courier company and et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But then there's this catering company with a fantastic deli and a restaurant attached to it. So it's nothing to look at from the outside, but when you go inside, it's really nice. They've got like a garden with a very well-cultured, uh, looked-after garden and a really nice setup. And I had a breakfast there, which was a, it didn't have any meat in it whatsoever, no bacon, no sausages, nothing. And for the it was called shashuka or something, but I probably got that name. All right. But what did you have? Now, the, the dish is called shashuka. I think it is. It's a Mediterranean dish with thick tomato paste with olive oil and everything. Mm -hmm. But then it had almond, like crushed almonds in it uh, on a, on um, sour with sourdough bread. Oh, Quite spicy. It was delicious. I must say it was really delicious. Okay. Well, that's so they good. also had a non-meat, uh, a, a vegan type of meal. I won't ask you why you were at Lanseria Airport, maybe picking up a package. No, no, I went there specifically for. No, I went there oh. specifically for this breakfast. Friends of ours invited us to this breakfast because they knew about this place, and it was fantastic. And they had some lovely deli deli section there, so I bought a couple of. Uh, I bought some mosca, mascarpone cheese there, homemade mm. mascarpone cheese, which was very nice, and I also bought uh, some chocolates, which were fantastic. And some and some uh, 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 mushroom soup, homemade mushroom soup. Mm. But no, it was nice. It was a nice place. Very good indeed. And just as we uh, finish this uh, discussion, 
Uh, despite the fact that I, I, I don't eat meat anymore, I, I do miss either get a really good plump uh, chicken from a farm and the chicken's been running around and eating uh, good food rather than being farm fed and uh, it's not farm fed but uh, battery fed. Yeah, there's nothing quite like a, a good roasted chicken, roast potatoes, carrots, turnips, uh, other root vegetables, and some, some some good gravy. You can have as many plant-based chickens as you like, but yeah, that, that, you that roast chicken, you, can, you can't beat it, can you? That crispy skin. Yeah, and yeah it's difficult right now. I, I must admit, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to probably be a meat eater for the foreseeable future. Oh, well, however, however, excuse me, however long that is. Wayne, thank you yeah. very much for your time as always. That's Wayne McCurry yeah, yeah. from f Wealth and Investment. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.